And the Kinos describe the loss in horrific detail of these 10 martyrs. How they were literally killed and murdered. And many of the stories we know, we're not going to go through them now, of how they were caught. Whether it was teaching Torah in public, the story of Rabbi Akiva. Teaching Torah in public, and Papas covers him and says, Rabbi Akiva, what are you doing? And Rabbi Akiva says to him, if a fox says to a fish, why don't you come out of the water? Come out of the water so that you don't have to, you, 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 won't, you won't be consumed by a larger fish. What would the fish say, the fox? Without the water, I won't survive. And Rabbi Akiva says to him, without Torah, I'm like that fish. I won't survive, and that's why I risked my life to teach Torah. Rav Asher Weiss once pointed out in a shir that the whole story, the whole analogy, it's a very funny analogy. Like the fox, like of course the fox, who's supposed to be a clever animal in all mythology, in all folk, folklore, of course the fox knew the answer. Right? Come out of the water, or you won't, so you, will, you won't get eaten by bigger fish. Of course he knew the fish needs the water. What's the, what's the, what's the thought process of this fox? Thinks he can... Like, what was he thinking? And Rav Asher Weiss says that so often when we're being lured away from the Torah, people are trying to tell us, come, embrace this sort of lifestyle, embrace these sort of ideologies. The Torah is archaic, or the Torah isn't merciful enough, or the Torah doesn't consider everything in the 21st century. It's like a fox saying to a fish, come out away from water. That from, the big perspective, from the perspective of eternity, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's no different than a fox saying to a fish, you can survive on land. Of course you can't survive on land. But in the moment, it makes sense. In the moment, with what society seems to be telling us. So yeah, maybe there's merit to the argument. But then, when you take a step back, when you go in the drone, when you see the whole picture, you realize the same way it's almost ridiculous. It is ridiculous for a fox to claim to a fish you can survive on land. It's ridiculous for us to think that the Torah... When we can survive without the Torah, we can update the Torah, we can do things different than what the Torah prescribes. And Rabbi Kiva is murdered, Rabbi Kiva is destroyed, is killed. The, one of the other people who were killed was Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion. Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion, they found him teaching Torah, and the Kina says, he assembled a great crowds at Zion's gate. Yoshi Vidorish he sat and he taught. The Sefer Torah Imo, a Sefer Torah was with him at his side. They wrapped him in a bundle of twigs, then winding the Torah around him. And he lit it on fire of a Karu, a Sefer Torah, and they, they bound him in fire of a Ruba And this, therefore, uh, sorry. They, they moistened bits of wool and they placed it upon him. So here's a, a, a great teacher of Torah. The imagery, I'm sure you've heard the story, he's wrapped in a Torah scroll with this wool that's in, wet to prolong, prolong his agony. And it's all burning on the pie. It's all burning up in flames. The story not here, the story elsewhere says, they said to him, Rebbe, what do you see? What do you see this moment of death? What do you see during your agony? And he responded, while the Torah scroll is aflame, the osios parochas l'shemayim, I see the letters of the Torah flying up to heaven. While I may be destroyed, the legacy, the Mesorah, everything we stand for, 
is going to endure. Well, I may be killed, my teachings have an element of eternity to them. They may burn my body, they may burn even the physical Torah scroll, but the letters, they will not burn. The letters are going to fly to the sky. The letters are going to last and endure. There's something striking about the story because it's a reminder to all of us about our priorities. It's a reminder to all of us that while we often need to focus so much on our physical preservation, on ensuring that we can live, ensuring we can live a good life, ensuring our children can live a good life, we have to also remember that ultimately what we build, the homes, our lifestyle, that can burn, that can be destroyed. What's going to last for eternity, what's going to fly to the sky, what's going to endure, is the osios, parochas l'shemayim, is the mesorah, is what we're going to pass on, is the transcendent. And we have to think about how we can best tap into and remind ourselves that it's not about the physical scroll, but it's about the osios within the scroll. What is it and how can we live a life where that becomes a priority? What can we introduce into our life to remind us that when we begin to forget about the osios and we focus too much on the Torah scroll, that the osios are what matter? What is, how is it that we can... It's, 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 of course, it was on purpose that it comes up in this Asari Hurga Malchus when we're lauding and talking about those, not just the Mesorah, but those who perpetuate the Mesorah. Do we idealize enough those who perpetuate the Mesorah? Do we idealize those... And do we talk to our kids about and ourselves about those who stand and remind us of what it means to live a life embracing the osios parachas l'shemayim, the letters flying to the sky? Do we have enough kavod ha-Torah, kavod for those who live lives bringing the Torah to us? That's something we have to think about. That while so often I think we tend to look at and talk about those who have material success or those who are successful maybe in the arena. Areas where it's true success and there's what to talk about and what to learn from, what to gain from. But are we also talking about those who live lives so far from it, but embracing the ochilos parechas l'shemayim? Lives perhaps spent a hundred years, this year we lost from Geshen Eldelstein, Roshashivan Panovich, and he was someone who for literally 80 years had the same schedule. There was no breaks, there was no benazmanim. Every day he would come and give shir. He had thousands of Talmidim, and what he taught each and every one of them was, it's not about the physical life you're living, but about the osios parechas l'shemayim. He actually passed away while writing notes for the shir he was going to give that day. He was 100 years old. And I think often in the world we live, the older you get, sometimes we say you get wiser, but at a certain point we say you lose that wisdom and people no longer look at you, you're out of touch. What do you have to offer? But Rav Gesh and Eldestein, the older he got, 80, 90, 100, the more people flocked to him, the more they looked at him and realized he was a link to the osios parechas l'shemayim, to these letters flying to the sky, the more he embodied and epitomized it. And we have to think about ourselves, how we can talk more about the importance of the transcendent. Laud the accomplishments of those who spend their lives engrossed, or even those who dedicate time and hours in their day and months and years engrossed in the transcendent. In the Ochios Parechas L'Shemayim. And that's something, it's a challenge, I think, especially for our community, which tends to straddle two worlds. A world where we 
do value the successes in the material world. We value the successes of others who aren't necessarily in the world of Torah. Yet at the same time, we value the world of Torah. And how do we bridge the gap? And how do we ensure that we're not just placing, placing too much of an emphasis on those who are talking about the scrolls, the physical, but also we're embracing the ochios, parechas l'shemayim. Arzi levon nonadi riyat Torah.